This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hey, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure on Jabberjaw Media. I wanted to tell you guys about the Patreon for the show. It's called the Pleasure Seekers Club, and there's two levels. There's the $5 level and the $10 level. And all this is, guys, is to help support the show, help support the cost of putting the show out, um, you know, time spent uh, building the show, hosting costs, travel costs to do the in-person interviews that you guys like so much. Um, It all costs money, and I always try to find the best deal for sure um, because I do have a day job as well. But having that support on the Patreon is definitely going to help bring more in-person interviews, more travel more uh, updated uh, graphics, hosting, websites, all that stuff. So, um, And if you like the show, $5 a month or $10 a month really helps out. I know it's kind of uh, an interesting thing with the Patreon when something's already free, uh, but it is always going to be free. But if you want to support the show a little bit more, I'd absolutely appreciate it. Uh, You can pay either $5 or $10 a month. We'll try to do some special things for the patrons as well as we go, um, but it's just a way to support the show in a different way, and uh, like I said, I really appreciate you guys coming back week after week. That's the most important thing I can ask for. So definitely go over and check out the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Podcast. Once again, that is patreon.com slash Podcast. Sign up today and join the community and help out the show. Keep it growing, and I thank you so much. What's going on? This is Petter Spych, co-host of the Metal Sucks Podcast, part of the Jabberjaw Media Podcast Network. Metal Sucks includes one featured interview each week with a prominent metal musician, a discussion of the latest headlines and metal news with Brandon Hahn and Jocelyn Sharp. Listen and subscribe now at JabberjawMedia.com.
What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Adobe Radio and Jabberjaw Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week, we have a unique situation because I usually only interview one person at a time. But uh, this week, we had some fun. We went down to the Doug Fur Lounge and for the Gatherers show. Uh, Gatherers is a new, uh, new-ish band uh, on Equal Vision Records, and they are absolutely amazing. Um, I got sent their info uh, from their publicist, and I'd seen the name over and over and over again on social media and all over the place, but never took the time to listen. And when she sent me the record, uh, I was blown away and said, absolutely, I would love to talk to these guys. So we talked to Rich, uh, the singer, and we talked to Andrew, uh, the guitar player. And Andrew also works for Party Smasher uh, as well, I believe, as a label manager is what he was saying. Uh, But we had a great time, and uh, you get two for one on this one. So uh, you've seen from the show image, uh, there's two people in there with me, and that is who I am talking about. Rich and Andrew from Gatherers, and what a fun conversation we had. We went all sorts of places, uh, as you guys know we usually do. Uh, But it was cool to do uh, two people at once and... and, uh, you know, make that work. And, and it, and it did, I think it came out really good. Um, and so it's, uh, it's definitely an interesting conversation and we'll definitely have them back on again. We had a good time and the record is fantastic. Uh, it's called alive beyond repair. And the, I mean, the lyrics are great. The music is great. Um, it's a, a really good record. So, uh, yeah, gatherers are my guest today. Uh, let's get some business out of the way. We are on purepleasurepodcast.com. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. We are on all the socials. Super easy to find. Uh, you guys know where we are by now. Uh, definitely rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And uh, yeah, we got a few sponsors to talk about. As always, rockabilia.com is your one stop shop for all your band merchandise. Over 500,000 items in the store. Available for purchase, all licensed and proper from the artists. That's a big deal, guys. There's a lot of knockoffs out there and a lot of, uh, I put it this way, I just went and saw Social Distortion uh, the other night here in Portland. Fantastic show. Bought some merch from the actual band. Uh, and the second I was leaving, there was about 40 different Social D t-shirts out on the sidewalk, uh, guy bootlegging shirts. I guarantee you he's not going to walk over to that tour bus and give any of that money to the band. Guaranteed. So rockabilia.com is officially licensed from the artists. That money goes to the bands. Uh, and, you know, they have great customer service, and they've been sponsoring the show a long time. So definitely check out rockabilia.com. PC Jabberjaw is the coupon code 15% off your order. And, folks, I know you guys saw the Instagram, but we have a new sponsor for the show, and that is Sticker Ninja. StickerNinjaPDX.com is the website. Elena and Justin over at Sticker Ninja, they're right down the street from my place, and I hit them up and asked them about working a deal out uh, for some advertising and making some stickers. I had no idea the quality that they would uh, put forth here, and it was I mean, these stickers are badass, and uh, I'm already getting emails of people wanting them. <clears throat> they are like a mom and pop shop, and it's really cool. I brought my little daughter in there, Cora, to 
drop off some stuff and kind of say hi. And uh, the Sticker Ninja folks uh, like walked us around, showed us how to use, how the equipment works, uh, gave Cora some stickers, which she loves, just a bunch of Sticker Ninja pictures. So she... <laughs> She puts them up all over the house and uh, asks every couple weeks if we're going to Sticker Ninja or not uh, this week. Anyway, uh, they are a great company. They are local, Portland local. They are fantastic. They take great care of you. They, I mean, the they do the proofs and everything, send it to you. Once they're approved, they start working on it. They got to me a day early, and they came in a badass little box with a note and some, some other merchandise in there, some more stickers in there for Cora. Um, and they're very open about what they do. They're very open uh, about what they, uh, you know, are capable of doing things. They're trying out, always handing out, you know, these are some unique stickers. We're trying to figure out what we're going to do with, um, just like cutting edge stuff, but still very local and, uh, very customer oriented. So sticker ninja, uh, sticker ninja PDX is the website. Go check them out. Check them out on Instagram, sticker ninja PDX. Um, I believe there's a link on my Instagram for that, and I will also put it up on the website. So thanks again to Elena and Justin, and I'm going to be talking about them on the show for a few weeks because, uh, like I said, these stickers are badass. So check them out, StickerNinjaPDX.com. All right, guys, so without further ado, let's jump into my conversation with Rich and Andrew from Gatherers. Rich Weinberger, welcome to the Pure Pleasure Podcast, Hi. my friend. Thank you for having uh, myself and Anthony. Yeah, absolutely. Anthony, what's your last name? Jessa. Anthony Jessa. Okay, yes, perfect. So we're doing a two for today, which we don't usually do, but uh, this is kind of cool. I like this every once in a while. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're sharing an ice cream cone. You are, and that's the, yeah, I do one on ones <laughs> because I bring one other microphone, which is which is hilarious. This is great. I kind of like this. I just well, no one's gonna. Well, if I guess they're taking pictures, they'll see this. But no one's seeing this. You guys are literally sharing an ice cream cone. I wish it was a different color. 
<laughs> it's uh, I think I think uh, activated charcoal is like the trend, there trend we go. food yeah. right now. We're brushing our teeth with activated charcoal. Uh, so how's the tour going? <laughs> uh, tour is wonderful. Yeah, it's like being swimmingly. Swimmingly, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Portland. It's beautiful to finally be able to play a show in Portland. Yeah. Uh, it's not our first time in Portland, but it's it's honestly like I think we can all unanimously agree it's one of the most beautiful cities in the country, and like be, to be able to play here is is, is great. And you know, I, yeah, tour is awesome. Sorry to go on a tangent. Excellent. Like, I'm glad. Great. I'm stoked that you actually answered the question because cool. we were joking about yeah. it earlier. <laughs> totally serious. That was great. I think that's the first time I've asked that question, and we got a good answer. So, cool. uh, so Gatherers is the band, uh, Equal yeah. Visions label. Yeah, and uh, so. I did not know of you guys until two, well, no, it was three weeks ago she reached out to me because we were talking the 29th. Yeah. So three weeks ago, reached out to me with materials. Hey, I think you might dig this band. I listened to this episode of the podcast and I checked it out. It's fantastic. But like I was saying, I saw the name everywhere before this. It was just, it gathers, gathers, gathers. And I never clicked on it. Yeah. And then when she sent me the stuff and I started watching, I started digging deeper and deeper. And there's some really cool shit there. Thank you. Like, you guys are doing something really cool. Like, I really enjoy it. And like I said, I've been listening to the record. Like, she sent that to me um, on my Spotify. Mm -hmm. So when I'm not doing construction <laughs> in my car, I got that bumping and, and uh, the videos and everything. I mean, it's you guys got a really good thing going. So. Thank you so much. And whenever I see an EVR band, uh, Dan Sanshaw, shout out to Dan. Papa Dan. He is... A genius when it comes to finding bands yes. and knowing something special. Yeah, always. Yeah, this day forward is the best band to ever come out in music. Like he, like just everything that he's like had an ear for. Like once he started like doing everything, it's just unbelievable. It shaped my musical interests like from Converge to Stay Forward. You know, all that. Like he's just wonderful as far as like knowing, like keeping his ear to the ground and like knowing what's going to be like the next big thing before it is yeah he's a genius uh talking the microphone a little bit closer if you can when you I'm when sorry. you do answer I'm just sorry. going forward it's okay I, I remember the first time we all met dan in person and when if i'm incorrect then i'm embarrassed but i remember the first time i saw in uh a tattoo i don't know if it was on his leg or his arm i want to say it was his leg but it was a an odd how people shake fear before the march of flames tattoo uh -huh. of the couple dancing from the yes. cover and when I saw that, I knew right away it was going to be the start of a beautiful relationship. Perfect. Yeah. Daniel, yeah. Dan is, he's a, he's a gem of a human being. He is. And that's awesome. You say this day forward is the best band ever because uh, we toured with them once uh, way back with Anatomy of Ghost. Oh, wow. And that was one of the funnest tours we ever had. And they introduced us to a bunch of new music. And uh, Colin actually lives in town. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Not too far from me. But yeah, probably 20 minutes from here. Yeah. Um, Moved to Portland. I didn't even know. He'd been here for like several years. I had no idea he was even here. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, they, they're re-releasing in response, which is super exciting. Hopefully, yep. they'll start doing something again or yeah. at least a tour. Yeah. I'm sure they probably will do something, at least a couple shows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was on that tour that in response to just come out and they played their last show. I think it was at the Uni Church in Philly. Have you guys played there? I, I was at that show. Okay. Perfect. I, I, and I was there the, too. I saw the show the night before as well on Long Island at uh, the downtown. Okay. Perfect. So where are you guys from? Um, we're, I guess, collectively home base is Bayonne, New Jersey. Okay. Uh, I only say home base because our drummer, Adam, runs a recording studio out of there and mm -hmm. it's also doubles as our practice space. Yeah. Um, 
Anthony here is from Long Island. Okay. <clears throat> uh, now recently moved to to Bayonne. Uh, I just we just moved to Bayonne as well. Uh, Rob, our guitar player, he's from the Asbury Park area, mm-hmm. and then Matt, our bass player, is from Highland Park, which is like or currently lives in Highland Park, right outside of uh, New Brunswick. Okay. Um, so we're you know we're all New Jersey, yeah. uh, born and raised. Uh, Les Anthony, who was lucky enough to be raised around the best music scene in the country. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. But Long Island, like I, I say that jokingly, but all our, uh, most of our favorite bands are all from Anthony's home turf. So yeah. like having a Long Islander now in our band, it's like we, we hear it, yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, where did you grow up? Did you grow up in New Jersey? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, uh, yeah just all. Um, Matt and I grew up in Old Bridge. Mm-hmm. So Matt, our bass player, and Adam, our drummer, and I, we've all been in and out of various bands together since uh, sophomore year of high school, give okay. or take, and now I'm 29. Okay. Uh, so we've been at it for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we all, him and I grew up in Old Bridge, like central Jersey. Okay. So not too far from like New Brunswick. Uh, we were really close to like Birch Hill, mm-hmm. uh, Club Chrome, okay. Hunka Bunka. Chrome. Yeah. Yes. I Okay. The first <laughs> time we got out of the van in on the East Coast was in New Jersey at chrome wow and we were playing with bear versus shark and this day forward it was the first day of that too it was our first time on the east coast and all i noticed was everyone said awesome yeah oh yeah 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 never yeah. before had i heard that yeah. and we drove straight from ohio to new jersey i think okay so we skipped everything and landed in awesome awesome i yeah, say anthony like, oh, a lot awesome anthony is yeah. it hard <laughs> awesome is definitely a- awesome everything's awesome yeah, it- Really it was crazy. I was like in another world. Yeah. It was nuts. Yeah. But yeah, Chrome, that club is Chrome. I yeah. did not like it very much. I don't think I remember playing and then just going outside because I you, didn't want to be in there anymore. Have you saw a show? You've seen a show at Chrome, right? No. I, you know, I, I was too young at the time. My, my parents weren't, they didn't necessarily like raise me around music. So I never really got, they weren't like taking me to shows or anything. Yeah. But I, it was, it was always like a, I'd always get driven past like the sign when I, you know, I'd go out with my parents somewhere and I'd always see like, Thursday's fucking playing here. Clash yeah. I'm like, fuck, yeah. I want to be there so bad. Um, might be Chrome. I might be mistaken. I want to say it's more Birch Hill. Okay. But a little interesting bit of trivia. Adam and Matt, they were in the... Under, they, you could see their little 10-year-old heads in the Understanding in a Car Crash video. Okay. I think it was filmed at one of those venues, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah. That's where we're all, all, right. all sort of from, you know, so... Man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so, like, when did you start getting into music? Like, did, was it early age? I had, I had like records and shit. My dad had like, you know, he worked at mm-hmm. a grocery store. Yeah. But he did a radio show on the week, like one week night a week. I don't yeah. know what night it was. But I'd have to be quiet, and I was little, and he's like, just go in the other room. Like mm-hmm. I kept messing with stuff. So I went in the room. It was just all these records. So I just sit there and put on records, and it was all like just pop. It was on an island in Alaska, so it was like pop music all the way that's awesome wilson phillips and shit yeah. like that <laughs> so i got like this affinity for melody and stuff like that but yeah. like with you what how did you get into to music do you remember like your first kind yeah. of 100 percent. okay um it's nothing to, to to write home about sure um but like i i mean we all individually in this band have probably have made our own s- discoveries or self-discoveries sure. about music our own way but um me personally like i said my, my parents never really raised me on music uh i had an uncle who was very much into like the police, mm-hmm. um, very much into like Gary Newman, that that yeah, style yeah, yeah. of music. So so that's the Cars guy, right? In yeah, cars yeah, the Cars right? guy. Okay, yeah. yeah, 
uh, who, not to go on a tangent, if you see live, he's surprisingly, his set is heavy as fuck. Really? Yeah. It's like super, like, almost like nine inch nails heavy. Wow. Like, it's, you know, sonically speaking and yeah. whatnot in a, in a live environment. But anyway, um, so my, the first piece of music my parents ever gifted me with was like an Ace of Bass cassette tape. So similarly, <laughs> like, yeah, I was introduced to like pop music and, and had an, learned an affinity for like really painfully catchy like top melody yeah but it wasn't until like we got our first home computer and then kazaa came around and limewire came Kazaa, around, and i'd start yeah. like fucking stealing from everyone else's library and uh-huh. so I, I think the day that i discovered like glashed on thursday and, and those things like on yeah. my own just completely by accident or like uh hxcmp3.com uh-huh. you know like finding those things on my own sort of shaped everything I, i'm anthony probably has a way more interesting uh, take on that. Well, real quick before we go into that, did you guys know that the LimeWire shit, the way it worked? Well, you may knew how it worked, but it worked by basically going into your computer and looking at the files and finding what you searched for. Mm-hmm. So people started typing in 2008 tax return. Oh yeah, and it was pulling it up. Yeah. Do you, you guys heard about yeah. that? Okay, never mind. We don't need to talk about it. that. Is fucked. Up. Is that a nominee hat you're wearing right now? Yes. Yes. Dude, okay, another tangent. That's one of the greatest bands of all time. How how do you know Nominee? Uh, I have uh, mutual friends that have been around the band. Okay, Blake. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Shout out to Blake. Shout out to. Uh, Blake. This is crazy. He's. Actually- I just know your hat was like flipped up a little bit, and I'm just looking at the end of it. I was like, that's, oh, that's one of those dad caps that they had. I, I have one in my house. Oh yeah, um, I booked them a bunch on Long Island. Okay. Um, and then I grew up with Steve, their guitar player. Well, I didn't okay. grow up with him, but like my formative like years from like eighteen to like twenty. Steve's the one with the beard. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I, I like only met him the one time, band. and then Chris a, a couple times. He's come yeah. to town a few times. But, anyways, amazing band. Sorry. I, shout I out nominee. Hundred percent agree. <laughs> and shout out Limewire. <laughs> <laughs> Lime All right, your turn, Anthony. I want to hear this because. I'm curious on this one. Um, I mean, I was definitely raised around music. Like my dad, like, was huge into Led Zeppelin, um, and like just kind of poisoned me of that band. I did not appreciate them for a very long time because it was all that he listened to. Uh-huh. That and like um, the Beatles, um, and then when I started getting into high school, um, I found a thing called IRC, Internet Relay Chat, uh-huh. and started like looking at friends irc accounts and seeing like uh mind over matter uh seeing glass or just from like local uh local bands that were around that are playing out like the movie life um mm-hmm. all this stuff and i started getting into that slowly not realizing there was a bunch of people in my school that are in these bands or mm-hmm. like that are uh friends with these bands and that these bands are playing in a basement down the block from me so i started getting into it that way more like with the help of like high school friends because like i wore i get weirdly enough a dillinger escape plan shirt Uh because i found them through like a comp that eyeball records put out okay um and then they're like oh if you like this band you should come see this band sky came falling with us sky came falling was playing with this day forward found out this day okay and like just it kind of snowballed there and you know 16, 17 years later, I haven't grown up. I'm still going to shows, trying to find new bands, and yeah. like, just still trying to find a way to like, it, like either meet these people and like play with them, or like I've met them from touring with bands like the Dillinger Escape Plan or Mastodon. Uh-huh. Um, 
and it's just still snowballing. I'm still finding out about new music that I'm excited about, like Dude. Nominee. Yeah, that's excellent. We just saw Mastodon at Edgefield on Tuesday. Yeah, with Primus. Oh, very cool. And then Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin played the next night on Tuesday. No, we saw Monday. Tuesday was Robert Plant. I saw Robert Plant. I, my dad took me to see Robert Plant uh, with Allison Krauss, which was incredible. That's the best thing he's done since Led Zeppelin, for I, sure. I agree. And then the closest thing to Led Zeppelin I've ever seen, my dad, for my first concert, took me to see uh, Jimmy Page with the Black Crows. Okay. That's uh, interesting. And they did just all Led Zeppelin songs. Wow. Okay. Very, very, very cool. Um, yeah. Didn't appreciate it then, but now I'm... Yeah. Now I think it's like really rad. My dad told me, took me to see ZZ Top, and I was just like, oh, fine. And they even threw it. I was like, oh, God, what is this? And now I'm just like, oh, I wish I paid more attention. Oh, absolutely. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Can I add to that real quick? You, Do it. You, made, you reminded me of something. I had, uh, when I was like 14, I my, um, met a barber. I'd always go to this guy who would cut my hair uh-huh. as a kid. And... Uh, I came in there with like a blood has been shed shirt that I bought at Hot Topic. <laughs> Believe it or not, they sold blood has been shed shirts uh-huh. at Hot Topic once upon a time. Uh, and he saw it and he's like, oh shit. So we got to talking bands. And then uh, this guy, uh, Damien, thank you. He handed me a, a Ferret Records sampler okay. that at that time, uh, Hot Damn was coming out. Yep. Boys Not Out was coming out. From there, it turned into the uh, Antarabe record, Shakedown Tonight. So that also okay. was a big catalyst moment in finding this type of music too okay so that's it that's awesome that's yeah. excellent and now but now you're contributing to the music scene yeah that's right i mean and Hopefully. you guys probably have been for a long time with other bands but now like records out like you guys are you're touring on it like doing exactly what you wanted to be doing which is amazing. yeah it's uh we're really grateful to be able to like do this and like just be able to pick up and leave and like find people that are getting something out of our like what we're doing it's the most rewarding thing that we can be doing with our lives yeah absolutely and i when i was checking out the stuff like um that she had sent me um about you guys like i watched the videos and i was watching some like lives but then i watched the audio tree performance Mm -hmm. and that's what like sealed the deal like watching the passion that you guys have i mean they really captured it yeah like there's live videos of cell phones and stuff like that on youtube but the, I was watching it and it was just like gave me goosebumps because it's just like I could feel that. That's awesome. You know what I mean? Like Thank I, you. I think feather, like people that perform and and do music in any capacity listen to music differently. Mm-hmm. I think you know just uh, as a whole. Yeah. Like I'm I'm picking things apart when I'm listening. I'm not just like oh that's got a good beat. Like ninety yeah. percent of the people in the world do. I think. I I think it's wonderful if. if anyone could listen to our record or just you know listening to music in general and creating yeah. your own personal experience or, or developing your own personal relationship with whatever album you know that hits a nerve with you yeah uh just being able to do that i think is great and and i think the response so far to our record's been overwhelmingly positive like way more than we had anticipated because we're, mm-hmm. we're not a we're, we're a small band at the end of the day we don't consider today you are yeah yeah <laughs> that's well, it yeah. <laughs> um but like the the amount of people that have reached out to us and just expressed like Hey, your record means X, Y, and Z to me. Uh-huh. And it's like, that's fucking crazy. Like, thank you so yeah. much, you know? And that, that's awesome that people are able to even form a similar relationship to our record, you know? Sure. Um, but yeah, going back to audio tree. Yeah. Audio tree. They're, they're awesome. Yeah. We did that a couple of years ago. That was with like, at the time we were, uh, on a record cycle for our old record, quiet world. Yeah. Um, and we were, we had a temp, a filling guitarist at the time. We had a former guitarist. Um, uh, but if you watch that, interestingly there's uh an old version 
of the song Spill that we played on it and it was still very much in its like demo stages mm-hmm. but we're like fuck it let's try it out anyway yeah um, but it wasn't until much later that, you know, Anthony and Rob joined we were able to really round out the album and uh, yeah I, I'm glad Spill finally took the shape it did I think it was much needed <laughs> um, but yeah yeah good good and, and you can tell I mean you can tell when someone's bullshitting you can tell when uh-huh. someone's not 110% on board sure. I mean it, sh- it shows like a like a giant flag just waving over your head when someone's posturing or whatever. I mean, that's one thing that immediately went out the window when I saw it was like, okay, these guys are serious. That's awesome. You know, and it's everything from uh, just the, I mean, your voice for one, the passion behind it, the way it breaks up, the way like, I mean, the, the movements, everything about it. And then that partnered with, you know, the guitars and the bass and everything where, all the tones are coalescing really well together. The bass is really driven. Like it's just got that really angular tone that I love. Like it's uh, almost like, like the Steve Albini stuff. Like yeah. that sound is what I get, I get from it. And it's got that, it kind of fills that need in my body. Cause yeah. it's like, I love that stuff, but that partnered with everything together, the total package. You know, that's, and it's that's when it really came across. That was very was much the intent. Thank you, thank you. I, I'm I'm very lucky. Like I'm I'm so beyond happy with like the lineup we have now, and I mm-hmm. think this is this is where the gatherers was like destined to land. I guess yeah, you know, lineup wise, and uh, a lot of great people have contributed to this band. Mm-hmm. You know, and f- still friends to this day. Sure. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, to your point, like everyone in this band is very smart at what they do. Mm-hmm. I, you know, except me. I'm a, I'm a dumb dumb, but like I, I, I'm lucky to be in a band with very talented people. You know, everyone champions like a different role in the band. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when we were writing this record, considering we we started like writing loose skeletons of this album, uh, around the time we were a three piece. It was Matt, Adam, and myself. We had no guitar player, okay, uh, at all. So we said, "Fuck it, let's try to get it going on our own." Mm-hmm. Um, and then by the time Anthony and Rob had joined, uh, when Anthony joined and Rob joined, they, had, they didn't meet each other yet because Anthony was touring at Dillinger. Okay. So when they were introduced to the band, we sort of uh, got acclimated with new guitar players individually, and then mm-hmm. we like introduced them to one another. So we like okay. we we wrote a whole song from the ground up with Anthony. Mm-hmm. Did the same thing with Rob. Then they got in a room months later. <laughs> like, oh, sh- oh, hi, nice to meet you. We're in a band together. And then you know, and then we then. We, dug back yeah we went back and then combed through everything and made it what it was okay um but i think you know at the time it was we were probably stressing out at least between the three of us like holy shit what were, what are we going to do because we didn't know anthony or rob at the time yeah. um but at the same time i think it afforded us the the headspace and the time we needed to be very meticulous you mm-hmm. know at the uh, matt our bass player did a wonderful job stepping in and, and laying down a lot of like rough guitar ideas and just like scratch tra- uh, scratch tracks uh, enough so where I could start writing, you know, vocal melodies and shit. Yeah. And then, you know, but it, it came together great and, you know, it, it went by really fast. And I think we all okay know, did all we could do to make it the album it was. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it was three months of me traveling four hours to New Jersey three days a week to just fucking write this thing in between tours that I was on. Yeah. It was it was what were you doing for Dillinger? Uh, I was a guitar tech for them. OK. Um, for a few years. For both of them? For yeah, for or the, just for everyone. For everyone. So you well, Liam yeah. and everybody. Li- Liam, Ben, and then at that time Kevin. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, no, they uh, are really good at being economical. So they, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a way. I've been it. on the show. He's a cool dude. Um, oh, you had been on the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he's my business partner. I, I do party smasher. Party smasher, yeah. right on. You know, yeah, JP has been on the show. Like oh, wow, uh, the okay. whole family, man. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, no. Um, yeah, no, they're very economical with how they run the band. So yeah. it's me for the whole stage for too many years. Yeah. And then Ben managing them too gets to, to yeah, it's yeah, perfect. It's all in house. Yeah. It, or was all in house. And that's kind of uh, how we're doing this band with like just me, like, and uh, with the help of Ben just mm-hmm. taking care of like the managerial parts of the band to just kind of keep it in house. And yeah. there's no outside perspective that has a diluted or um, it just has any delusions of grandeur of how the band should be run. So you're, you're sort you're managing the band along with this. So I'll ask you the same question I asked Ben. Okay. And he was at, you know, he's been doing it a long time, but I asked him, were there any decisions that you made that you may have been clouded because it was your band, not being outside of it as an outside manager that you regretted or that maybe um, not taken advantage of, but you would have, as an objective view, you would have looked at it a little bit differently as like a, I'm in the office manager, the guys are out on tour. Um, I know it's probably early in the, in the, to, y- to answer yeah, I mean, this, this but. is only, uh, just, just under two years in. I mean, I think the biggest mistake we made was me not wanting to do it at first and le- letting someone that we didn't trust start to run the band. And only until I saw things were getting fucked up and not, our vision that made me step in and just suck it up and want, cause I just wanted to play guitar for a band. Like, yeah. I, you know, I do the management stuff with Ben for other bands. Um, mm-hmm. and it was just, I like just, I was on tour on a conference call and I remember that I was in Ireland and just hearing what this guy had to say and how he wanted to, <laughs> pivot our band and i was just like i gotta do something about this yes i like so that my biggest mistake (laughs) was the wasted time i let someone else take uh take the reins because we were just in a place where we needed guidance and i was being i guess a little selfish and just wanted to play guitar Mm -hmm. where it just kind of made me realize where you know ben it's given me you know such great advice you know for the last few years where i was like i i can do this and i have a great support system that can help me through it yeah that's excellent you're in a really good spot with that i mean things were uh, yeah i can second things were getting fucked up yeah and and you know like it in it's no disrespect like all those people were wonderful people they just i i and to this day i still feel like our the thing that's working against us maybe Mm -hmm. in a way is that our type of music isn't anything brand new we're not pioneering Mm -hmm. anything but what's currently popular we're very like antithetical to right yeah yeah um so we were the 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 people that have come in and out of this band to try and manage us for a few months like Mm -hmm. uh, jesus they wanted us to premiere i'm not gonna name names and they were nice people but they they wanted us to pitch like they wanted us to, to to sell our record exclusively through like this this website which i won't name but it's like a website where like you go and like if you bid enough money, you can get the deluxe vinyl package with a signed like Willie Nelson guitar. It was like, what the fuck? We, we yeah. don't belong here. So, yeah, thank God Anthony stepped up. Yeah. And, you know, everyone in this band, uh, from Rob to Matt to Adam to myself and Anthony, everyone 
really, really bust their asses on whatever it is they do in this band. But I definitely like we applaud Anthony so much because mm-hmm. his workload's an entirely different ball, you know, yeah. ball game. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's You're, fascinating. I have to, there's so many connections here between. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> from just what you're wearing right now to yeah what we've been talking about but that's fantastic i mean you have the support we have ben as a support system you have party smash that whole collective yeah which i still don't completely understand i've seen like so so and so is a part of it so and so is a part of it i mean to, at the core of it it's myself ben and then we have a friend uh kevin hillard okay um who actually does Rigs of Dad? Mm-hmm. Rigs of Dad, the Instagram. Yeah, he's the mastermind behind <laughs> Rigs of Dad. Uh, but at, at the core of it, it's um, just Ben and I just taking on very few bands. Yeah, um, putting out. We have a record. Uh, we're putting out a record for this band, Primitive Weapons, mm-hmm. uh, that's coming out this September. But we're just being very selective. Yeah. Um, and I mean, honestly, like both of our passions is just to see bands reach their potential. Yeah. So we're only being like for like a label purpose. We're just putting things out to help bands f- like figure out how to be a band and get okay. them to like reach their potential. Um, but I mean, both of our passions is, uh, lies in like management and yeah. like just, you know, making sure bands have the best advice possible in order for them to cultivate their own way, mm-hmm. you know? So they're not like reliant on like what other people have to say and they're not getting pulled in a bunch of different directions. Yeah. Okay. Are you guys, what's your deal like with Equal Vision? Is this the last record on Equal Vision? No, we have another. Uh, we have another record. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask if you were going to put the next one out with Party Smasher or, or stick with EVR, but. Uh, no, I don't. Um, That's just not ethically. We talk it's, about on the podcast, yeah. I guess, because. <laughs> but uh, I mean, Equal Vision is great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, ethically, I would never do something on Party Smasher. Yeah. Um, just because it's. I, I, I just feel like there's something a little wrong about like me dipping in and doing that and then yeah. somehow profiting from something that I'm a part that's of. That's what I that's why I was kinda asking with Ben too was like, you know, taking a, you know, fifteen percent, whatever it is the manager's taking. Um but keeping it in house, I mean, supports the band and the band member. I mean, it makes sense either way. You look I mean, you can find a way to make it make it make sense, I guess. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But, and I mean uh, as of right now, like we're, with the support like of Ben and like just him and I working spearheading this, I think that like Eagle Vision's the perfect home for us. Yeah, yeah. Are you enjoying the show? If you are, definitely head over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere you're listening to podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Throw us a five-star rating or a review. We really appreciate that. It helps the show out big time. So like I said, if you are enjoying the show, head on over and give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume podcasts. Thank you. Um, so the other thing that Becky presented to me with the, the materials was explaining some of the concepts behind the songs, which I thought were absolutely fascinating. The set, like there's some creepy shit. (laughs) Like I, when I watched the video, um, uh, the, the floorboards are, um, what's it called? The floorboards are breathing. The floorboards are breathing. That's right. Um, that beginning scene where that girl has her hands behind her back and she's like scratching a bit, but then her hands like start to like contort. Yeah. In yeah. I literally almost turned it off because <laughs> it freaked me the fuck out. It was like, like late night. Yeah. I was going to bed. 
and I wanted to, to watch it and I put it on and I was just like I can't watch this right now <laughs> and then it kicks into the actual video and she's doing the, the thing with the knives uh-huh. dude and the, okay so anyways so the concepts behind a lot of the the lyrics on the record mm-hmm. are terrifying or like heartbreaking like is that something that and we'll get into a little bit on sure. what they what specifically we're talking about here but is there something are you write all the lyrics yeah okay is there something in your life that made you fascinated by that kind of thing that kind of i don't it's not morbid it's mm-hmm. sad yeah like this the the um uh every, every it's every pain in monochrome yeah okay i'm trying to remember all the stuff cuz it's it's new to me still sure 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 but that it was an author, right? That was about was it, uh, uh, that Virginia. was yeah. I, I mean, so so all the songs on the record, like none of them really boil down. There's not like one concrete explanation, right? Okay. So like personally, like all my favorite albums growing up lyrically, that is, yeah. it's like all all my favorite ones are ones where like, hey, this this reads beautifully on paper. Uh-huh. What does it mean to me? Yes. And no matter how much I Google it, I'll, I'll never find like a concrete explanation. You know, like I love. My one of my favorite lyricists is Paul Banks from Interpol. Uh huh. Okay. And I love what he does. And you know, I wanted to sort of take that school of thought and apply it to our record. And like, it's not. I, I've never really felt like the need to be autobiographical. Yeah. With my role in the band, you know. Um, but yeah, like like at the time we were writing it, I was like influenced, inspired by a. a, a a wide spectrum of different things. So mm-hmm. like, I, yeah, I, I read about Virginia Woolf for a week. It was new to me. I didn't know anything about her, uh-huh. and consequently, it put me in a headspace. And I was thinking about her a lot. And I did a little more research, and I and I was like, well, you know, what what I learned was that I found a very, I found myself sort of obsessed with with what had happened to her and her her you know end, I guess, and yeah. her career and where she's coming from. And I said that that makes me feel a particular way. Mm-hmm. How do I get that mood across paper? So it's not necessarily about her it's more so uh extrapolating on the the mood and the headspace that that particular situation put me in you know same thing goes for all the other songs we're all yeah every song's a different swatch of color i know that sounds pretentious no it's cliche, not at but all like, this is exactly you know, what i'm getting at yeah. is this is what i mm-hmm. wanted to know because those even just reading about those situations put yeah. me in a headspace put me with a feeling cool. in my heart like to where then I could, uh, basically I would read what she sent me. Like so, so she told me what you know. This song's kind of mm-hmm. loosely not about the, like you're saying. Sure. This song inspired this. Sure. I would read that. I'd go to like Wikipedia and I'd read about the situation, yeah. and then I would put the song on, mm-hmm. and it would. I mean, doing both at the same time, kind of did the same thing. Put me, but but my own headspace. Perfect. But probably similar. Because the, the what we're talking about here with Virginia was, uh, she was abused. What that was kind of her story. She was uh, so ab- I, like domestic abuse or that's uh, the floorboards. Are the breathing. floorboards. Yeah. Are okay. So uh, different. We could totally pivot to um, Virginia. So Virginia Woolf was a uh, an old famous poet. Yes. Uh, who succumbed to depression and mental illness, and uh, ultimately decided to end her life by filling her pockets with stones yes. and then drowning herself in the river. And then um, there's a scan I saw of like her, her letter to her, I believe it was her husband at the time. Uh-huh. Um, and I just read it and it was like, it, it put me in a weird fucking mood for a week. You yeah. Know? And it's incredibly 
beautiful and poetic the way that she i mean you think about how people end their lives a lot of times is yeah. nowhere near as like just i don't even know the word for it but yeah. like, fill your pockets with stones and drown yourself in a like walk into a river yeah it's, i mean it's it's horrifying mm -hmm. but beautiful at the same time like yeah. the that that i mean it's inherently poetic yes I, I exactly think. it's it's tragic yeah but it um, puts you in this weird like almost anxiety kind of like mm -hmm. oh like you know yeah I, and i'm sure it made you feel similar definitely definitely that's why it stuck with you yeah but. and and a lot of it you know i i feel like in a weird way at the time we were writing this record and i i had just quit my five-year-long retail job so i had nothing to do my my concentration there, <laughs> yeah yeah um never again hopefully um so my i i had quit my job um i just came back from portland so this was two years yep. ago we started sort of teasing with ideas of this record and for the first time i was able to like concentrate myself strictly on this band for an entire year up until the point of us i guess finishing the record yeah nothing else and at the time i was living uh down in asbury park mm -hmm. And I got, I feel like I got most of my writing done during the winter season. Uh-huh. It sounds corny and dramatic. Dude, it's not. But it's like real. being like down like by the shore in the dead of winter. Yeah. And just like having like no outside input or, mm -hmm. or distractions or noise and just really being afforded like the time to just lock myself in my living room, smoke uh, a copious amount of weed, uh -huh. listen to the demos, and that's it. And write, and then, and then, in between that, you know, visit and revisit my points of of interest and inspiration. Yeah. I was going to the Guggenheim a lot in New York just to re uh, revisit the same installation. It was an artist named uh, Doris. I'm going to mispronounce her last name, and everyone's going to think I'm a poser. Uh, Doris Salcedo, who's this like Colombian political like installation artist. Mm -hmm. Her art put me in a specific headspace. Uh, Matt and I are huge fans of like Lars von Trier. So mm -hmm. there's been so many times in this band where we're like this part needs to sound like this scene in Antichrist. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know what I mean? So like. Yeah. It's, it's a whole amalgamation of visual art, of stories I've heard, of people, of just mood. Like, we want to always write mood albums. Yeah. And, yeah, granted, this one's sad and anxious and uh, maybe horrifying at times. Yeah. The next album may be the polar opposite of that. You yeah. Know? But as long as we're writing and providing music that puts us in a headspace and hopefully puts our listeners in a headspace yeah. and that's awesome you know it so, definitely does yeah, and yeah. you think about like so and when you say like mm -hmm. horrifying mm -hmm. i mean it's that last second like what she's physically doing just going back to this because this sticks in my mind what she did but fills pockets with stones walks into the river it's beautiful up until that second of death yeah which is like boom horrifying and then it's over mm -hmm. like it's just this crazy thing that leads up to this moment of like just brief like maybe panic and then like what am i doing and then it's over you know what i mean yeah. it's that part is also like puts me on edge like mm -hmm. i made a mistake oh shit like you know or was it 100 percent? go for it you know yeah you think about that one so I, I don't know if you struggle with depression or i talk to a lot of people that have done, sure i mean come close and uh, so a lot of people regret it and, and that's also horrifying like this beautiful thing that was a mistake all along or maybe yeah. it was meant to be i don't know it's it's 
you know, I, I mean, maybe more than ever. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I, if I'm misspeaking, I'm sorry, but I, I feel like I hear about the mental illness like crisis a lot these days. Yeah, um, we, we, you know, are lucky enough to get to talk to people from all different backgrounds on mm-hmm. tour and, you know, have I, I've had encounters with people that were kind enough to share their experiences with me and, and tell me about like their battles with things, you yeah. know, um, and you know, I, I, I think it's, it's awesome that our, our music might be some sort of outlet or not an escape, but you know, something to just like tune into for half an hour. Sure. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know where I'm going with this. I I know it's a touchy subject, but like, sure. I, I, absolutely. Um, I've always been fascinated by like people and mood and like stories Mm -hmm. and just headspace, you know? Sure. Um, You just look at things a little deeper than most. I think we're, I mean, everyone has moods and everyone mm-hmm. has, so of course everyone yeah. identifies with it, mm-hmm. but not a lot of people take it and put yeah. themselves into that space to, it's almost like method acting sure. where someone will get into a role and only respond to that name and to get into that headspace. Yeah. That's fascinating. That's something I have not heard. I mean, this is like 80, 86 <laughs> episodes in and I've never heard that process before for that. That makes yeah. a lot of sense because the way it was pushed to me was mm-hmm. this song's about this, but it's not. Mm-hmm. This song inspired what came out of you. Yeah. And I very much can't like, I, I have, whenever the time comes to write a record, mm-hmm. I stop listening to other bands. Yeah. Even bands that I've been listening to for, for my entire life, I can't. So the only input I give myself and I try to curate is everything that I want to sort of take in and digest and yeah. sort of regurgitate onto paper. Sure. Um, You know, Killing and Dying was a graphic novel by like Adrian Tomine I was obsessed with at the mm-hmm. time. Um, my girlfriend at the time introduced me to Alex Prager, a photographer, and just the way her work made me feel, mm-hmm. even though it had nothing to do with the topics we were discussing on this album. You know, so yeah, it, it, I can go on and on about this all day. And, and but you can yeah. take your feelings, and and yeah. I mean, you're very aware of your feelings. That's, yeah, I mean, like. I'm an emotional dude. Very productive. Well, you seem like a very (laughs) analytical dude. You know, like very put together and and I mean, very direct. Yeah. um, Like I had no idea. This is the other cool part with you guys because I don't know you guys. So like coming into this, I was like, I wonder what kind of personalities these guys are going to have and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Whereas that's always fascinating to me too because you see, you know, a music video or you see a live performance, you have no idea what that person's going to be like. That's what's also and being in the moment (laughs) like this. Like we're not using any notes, we're not using any, but no. just in the moment, that's also fascinating. As it should like, be. Yeah. And I'm very analytical, very self-conscious, yeah. very self-conscious about what I do in the band, but yeah. you know, it's, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank but you, you put for effort into that. it and that's yeah. and you, something you can see with all you guys. Like you just take, <laughs> I mean, you take what you're doing seriously. Yeah. We, we, we all very much take this seriously. Yeah. One thing that came up to my <laughs> mind when we were talking about the, the art museum and like kind of getting into a headspace and stuff of where it puts you. I took a uh, photography, it was photo, it was a writing class, but it was photo writing, like basically you'd analyze photographs. So it'd be like a picture of a, like a poor family in the depression, you know, sitting on their porch. Mm -hmm. What does this make you feel? What was this, what was this, um, what was this photographer trying to make you feel by taking this picture? And one of the assignments they were talking about was when uh, the Mona Lisa was done, it was, it was, it was photography and writing. So there wasn't really photography at the time. It was meant to be seen where he put it, when he drew it, and put it for people to see. 
that's where the Mona Lisa was meant to be seen, experienced, and felt. Wow. When photography came out, you could be on an airplane with your kids screaming in your ear looking at the Mona Lisa. Comple- did it completely ruin it or did it make it better? It took it out of it where it was supposed to be put and out into the world. It was kind of an interesting concept to think about because with music, you know, it's something you can't see. Sure. You know, but it's you put it like in your headspace. You put those words on paper, you put them on the record, but it can be experienced anywhere. There are definitely, I, I t- 100% agree. Uh, and to that point, yeah, there's, there's definitely various uh, mediums maybe mm-hmm. in, in terms of how you consume art. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was actually just talking to my, my younger sister the other day. Cause she was, she studied art history and she mm-hmm. had to, I don't know, participate in some discussion about the, how a lot of like the Mona Lisa and all these famous yep. works of art, how you can now experience them via uh, virtual, virtual reality VR, headsets. Yeah. And, and what does that mean? What does that mean to as, as a consumer of the art and yeah. what's your relationship in that medium, you know, um, or format. And I, I'm not a fan of it. Who knows? You know, I, yeah. I haven't tried it, but yeah. It's, and, and, and so I think with music, it's the same thing and uh, how there's so much instant access to everything at once. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's that there's more music necessarily being made. Maybe there is now since all the tools are always readily available. Yeah. Anyone can make a record from the ground up from the artwork down to the recording and mastering in your bedroom. Mm-hmm. You can do it all on your own, uh, which is a beautiful thing. Uh, but there's so much shit. It's almost overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, there's so much music. I, that, and that's why like, I feel like I have personally a hard time staying on top of everything because it's like, mm-hmm. where do you start? You know? Yeah. Um, so, so I guess what I'm trying to say is when you listen to music now in the year 2018, I, I would presume most of it now is pretty instant. It's Spotify, mm-hmm. it's iTunes, it's a, a, a 30 second Facebook ad. And if it doesn't catch your attention, you, you, you move the fuck on. You yeah. know? Um, so I, I don't like to engage in music that way. I don't think Anthony does either. And, and that's why we're very, very meticulous about what are we putting on, on record? Where do we draw inspiration from? Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Uh, sorry. I mean, to that point, when I was growing up, IRC was the closest thing to downloading music. Uh, then like Napster, all that came out. But there was a ritual to going to a record store, looking for the label and not necessarily the band. Yep. yep. Cracking the record open, reading the liner notes mm-hmm. as you experience the record. And I feel like that gets lost with playlists and things like that. Where yeah. It's very hard to experience. Uh, I think it's very hard for the artist to get across the experience they want out of it rather than the experience that the listeners are getting just like the intended experience because you have things like playlists, which are great and they've done awesome stuff for us. But for me, you know, being in my thirties, I'm still going to a record store. I'm still going to find something from a label that I like Mm -hmm. something or a band that I heard of. And I'm going to go home and I'm going to sit with the record. I'm going to put on my record player and I'm going to sit with, you know, just on my couch analyzing every part of what comes with it and yeah. i feel that's how we hope people consume our record because i think the whole thing paints a very vivid picture if you look at it as one piece of work rather mm-hmm. than uh, 11 individual songs yeah and that's something that's become a dying art is the album everyone wants singles they want now 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 they want this course they want and that's it like no one's doing a full 
piece of, of music anymore. And it's terrifying too. I mean, I don't know if it already exists, maybe it does, but they analyze music so much that they have like the BPM that's the most popular, uh, you know, like they can tell you, you know, this song will make you feel this way because this mathematical equation it takes like, you in this morose way. You know, it's 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 like your focus grouping pop music. Exactly. Exactly. But they're eventually I think they're gonna be able to say, All right, well, I wanna feel this way almost like with prescription pills where it's like I wanna feel this way, so I'm gonna take this. They're gonna go to Spotify and say melancholy uh three on the melancholy scale and I'm going to bed. So it's going to say, okay, we're going to put it at this relaxing beat per minute. We're going to put it at this, and it's just going to play you anything. The double-edged sword with that is that as much as we have a distaste for that, we're probably on that fucking playlist, <laughs> and that's the reason why people find out about our band, so it's also a great thing. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, but, you know, it's cool. I, vinyl's been coming back. It's been coming back for a lot of Five ten years maybe yeah. at this point, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and and I and I think I like to think most things are cyclical. So as much as everything is very instant, people will grow tired of it. Most people, yeah. It's like being unplugged from the matrix and being like, oh shit, you know, like I need more than just a, a instant play, you know, like yeah. And yeah, to Anthony's point, it's uh, what's cooler than and having a full body of work. An, al- an album, you know, with yeah. artwork and lyrics to read through and shit to hold and open, you know, so. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's exciting to crack the shrink wrap on, like, a record you just bought and you're stoked to take it home and play it. Sure. Know? So. It's something that's, I mean, ironically, since Hunter Gatherers, like, they would do, I mean, they appreciated what they had because they went out and got it. Yeah. It's a physical mm. thing. Yeah. I mean, like you're saying, and same, I think that's why bookstores still exist because you open a book, you get that smell, you get that feel, you have it on your shelf, yeah. like you can go back to it at any time. Yeah. I think that's why, I mean, Kindles were popular for a while. I think maybe they still are, but there's a lot more bookstores than record stores now. And I think yeah. that medium is going to continue on I, for a long I, I time. don't think the Kindles conquered the, no. the physical book, and I don't think it will. No, yeah. but the, I mean, with, with like you're saying, cracking the record open, mm-hmm. I mean, there's something, there's something about it, absolutely. Agreed. And uh, it's something where, you know, and people are becoming more... Now that they have access to everything, they're becoming more aware of tones and things like that to where they do like the vinyl better because yeah. they can hear that. More. People are releasing cassettes because mm-hmm. it has that really good low end on it, you know? And it degrades over time, which is insane. I mean, yeah, we can go into tangents about that forever. Yeah. But, I mean, but from your, your guys are standing, you guys are in a cool spot because everything is changing, but you guys are coming out into this new world of music and experiencing it that way from what you've experienced through your whole lives to this point as far as going through the different eras of having you know record stores and then not having record stores and not having you know you're in your 30 how old are you i am 30 you are 30 okay yeah. so you you remember life before the internet yes and before no. you well at least not before internet necessarily but before you could download anything you wanted exactly and you know what it felt like i I remember freshman year, like going to uh, a record store called None of the Above, skipping school so I could buy, <laughs> so I I can buy Dillinger's Miss Machine, yeah, because it was the only way I was gonna hear it, and I knew they were the only one that was gonna get it because I knew they went through Lumberjack Distribution. Uh huh. Um, and same thing with like uh, the like last the 
like the last taken EP yeah. where I knew this band was never going to exist again. They wrote this EP to break up and I knew there was one record store that I either had to pay a friend $30 to drive me to <laughs> or sneak on a train, which my mom would hate yeah. to go find this record. And there was like the fact that like I had to leave and I had to spend, you know, $25 on a record at 15. I was going to listen to it and I was going to listen to it until I got it Yeah. because I didn't have another $25 and I can't return it. Yeah. I, I remember um, similarly, I one summer when I was, I think maybe eighth grade, ninth grade, mm-hmm. I don't remember the year, um, but I remember walking like miles to the nearest coconuts. I don't know if like coconuts was like everywhere, but coconuts was like a, so. uh, like an, sort of like an FIE at the uh-huh. time. It, oh, did it? Okay. Well, there, there used to be a coconuts by, by where I grew up, and I remember walking there in the summertime with a Ziploc bag with nickels, dimes, and quarters, <laughs> sl- you know, plopping it on a table and yeah. saying, can you order me, because they didn't have it, uh, can you order me Bless the Martyr by Norma Jean? Yeah. I just heard about this record, and they fucking ordered it, and I picked it up a week later, and yeah. yeah it was my, my hard-earned yeah. chore allowance. That yeah, afforded me that album, and so. you put it towards something that was yeah. meaningful. You didn't go to the store and buy candy with it. You exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's something to be said for that. It doesn't happen anymore. I, and it's mm-hmm. something I knew I'd be saying later, just because my dad said the same thing. Oh, it was back in my day, it's real. Yeah. It's real, and our day is so much different yeah. than our parents' day because yeah. shit is compounding. It's definitely compounding. It's it's sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll admit it's a little intimidating. We're mm-hmm. we're we're older dudes, in uh a younger scene yeah. and it's obviously this battle of doing what we see fit with our music but obviously we have to do the smart thing and, and you know this this needs to be fruitful uh-huh. financially yeah. speaking so it's like how do you sort of keep up with the times without doing anything corny and there's a lot of corny shit out there yes there is um so it's definitely this back and forth and i think it's just a matter of being creative you know it's not just about an album anymore it's about mm-hmm. The pre-order bundle that comes with a fucking mood ring or something, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you get the t-shirt, you get the scarf or whatever, and it's, yeah. Yeah, it, it's hard to get people to want to go out and buy the record because today Spotify emailed me saying that I can get three months of, me like, unlimited access to music for 99 cents a month for mm-hmm. three months. Three dollars, all the music that you can want. And how much can you actually take in? Yeah. Where, you know, it's... That's a that's a that's a that's a huge that's a huge thing to like that's a that's a very small price tag to put on, you know, me wanting to listen to, you know, if I wanted to listen to Billy Joel and like Neurosis in yeah. the same breath for ninety nine cents plus I still have another twenty nine days left. Yep. Of listening to music, or you could pick a song. <laughs> you could you could type in a song you like, and then listen to every cover of it ever done by every band in their garage, all the way down to yeah. Speaking of covers, and the greatest thing Spotify has ever showed me is the Sting Shaggy cover record, covering both Shaggy and Sting songs. Sting and Shaggy. It's the, real. It wasn't me, guy. It's real, and it's the, both of them Holy on a record. Shit. Mr. Lover himself <laughs> with <laughs> it's it's the most bombastic thing. That is it, is it really to. fantastic? <laughs> <laughs> so for that, I am thankful Spotify exists. Oh, my God. That's that's wild. And they're on tour together together. No, they're not. I promise you. Oh, my God. OK, this brings me to another thing. So, OK. <laughs> 
So what you were talking about earlier uh, with who was managing you before and what this website they wanted to put you guys up on. And then tying this together with buying records at the record store, going home, and sitting with it until you got it because you didn't have more money to go buy another one. So that was your record. You were committed to that record. I'm sure it still happened back then where people got fooled through marketing that something was what it wasn't. Uh, you know, So you guys saw that with integrity moved away from that so you're also doing the same thing where you're not you're giving someone an honest portrayal of who you are so when they do buy that record they're not duped and be like oh what is this like there wasn't a clever marketing scheme behind it and i like that that really makes me feel good knowing that what you guys are doing is it, i mean from what i saw on audio tree like that's when it really just like hit me like this is what it is to how you guys manage yourselves look at where you're being marketed at how you're being marketed what you guys are doing that integrity doesn't exist everywhere and people are getting duped all the time by some clever marketing or an awesome album cover or whatever else like it's refreshing to know that people still think about what they're putting out there into some so when someone does buy the record and not just on spotify but buys the record they are rewarded with something that they can really get into yeah i mean the best way to sum that up, uh, Liam Wilson gave me the best advice I've ever gotten in my life for the music industry. If it's not fuck yeah, it's no. And that's kind of how I've been approaching this band from like that aspect with, you know, input like w whatever input Equal Vision has or like big picture or whatever. Like if we can't like hundred percent say we are with it mm -hmm. it's not worth doing because this is at the end of the day this is our art this is everything that you know again all of us you know we're on the older side of things and if we can't have a hundred percent full integrity in it it's not worth it sure and it shows i mean from what your output is from what goes into creating the actual pieces you guys are making to the tone to everything I mean, it's all firing on all cylinders it's something that just doesn't, I mean, there's always a little bit there, something here and there, something great, something not so great, but it's really, I mean, everything's firing and that's something that's really inspiring to see, you know, and, and, uh, I appreciate that from you guys. I mean, Thank you. especially coming into it very recently, I, I, I was mixing things up cause in my head, I can hear it in my head, but the titles and everything else are still so new to me. Yeah. Getting used, I, I mix those stories up. Um, but I mean, it's just a true true thing and that's something I, I mean thank you uh i really appreciate that about what you guys are doing and, and i can get behind that 100 percent. and that's why i was like F fuck yeah well, that's, I'll have that's, on the show. i don't know if i responded with that but i was like Ab at least absolutely like yeah. it was resounding like yes let's do this we saw the same everything you said we saw the same thing in your podcast when we found out about it that's that's why we we hit up becky and we're like can we please get on this like so, cool. So cool. yeah, thank you so much. That's for that. awesome. And yeah, yeah, and and best of luck to you guys. I'm, I'll let you guys get back to their sound checks. Going to be over soon. I'm sure yeah. you guys are next. But um, we should do a part two at some point because that would be I mean awesome. I've really enjoyed this. I mean it's it's awesome and coming in with a smaller amount of knowledge and just enjoying a conversation. It's what it's all about. Like I always say. And and uh, so yeah, Rich and Anthony, dude. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome. And uh, so All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Rich and Andrew from Gatherers. Check out the record, Alive Beyond Repair. They are an absolute fantastic band. I know I say that all the time, but I mean it. These guys are awesome. And I know you guys had a good time listening to that one. We had a lot of fun. 
and I love doing the in-person interviews. So there's going to be a lot more of those coming up uh, as the summertime touring opportunities present themselves. Uh, it's a lot easier to get face-to-face -face in a town like Portland because everyone comes here. So summertime is going to be a busy one. Uh, we are hitting up podcast movement uh, not this week, but next week in Philly. So if you're in Philly and you want to meet up, give me an email, purepleasurepod at gmail.com. Uh, we're going to be there for the 23rd through the 26th, Philadelphia, Podcast Movement 2018. So hit us up. I uh, would love to uh, meet some fans out there from the show and uh, just say what's up. So definitely hit me up on that. Uh, like I said, check out rockabilia.com. Check out stickerninjapdx.com. We're going to have those stickers up in the store shortly. Uh, and I'm not going to keep you guys much longer here. So as always, we'll see you on the radio. What's going on? This is Petter Spych, co-host of the Metal Sucks Podcast, part of the Jabberjaw Media Podcast Network. Metal Sucks includes one featured interview each week with a prominent metal musician, a discussion of the latest headlines and metal news with Brandon Hahn and Jocelyn Sharp. Listen and subscribe now at JabberjawMedia.com.